Hi. Hey there. Hey. How you doing, squirrel friends? You doing okay? How's it? Okay, RuPaul, how are you? Um, thank you for asking. <laughs> Did you ever see, so one of my friends at work showed me this video and he was mm -hmm. like, apparently one of the seasons, I can't remember who it was. It was like candy something or other. Um, but she was on like an afters, uh, talk show talking about one of the episodes. And apparently RuPaul said to her at one point, like she went up and she was like, you have been like my hero forever. Honestly, it's a, an absolute privilege to be Ru able to do this with you. To her? No, the contestant said this through. Okay. I was, was say saying it. like, <clears throat> yeah, you're an absolute icon to me. Like my life was changed by you. You've saved like so much of, of my relationships. Like, I just absolutely love you. Like gushed. Okay. And Rue turned and was like, unless the cameras are rolling, it doesn't matter. Nothing <gasps> you say matters unless the cameras are up and like walked away. Mad, right? Rue. I don't like that, Rue. I don't like That's it. wild to me. But also, I kind of get it because we do that with our podcast. That's true. Like, we're like, it doesn't <clears throat> matter how hilarious you were unless it was recording. You might hear um, some sporadic muting points during this episode because Hannah is ill. And yeah. I am also ill, but mentally. Yeah. She chose to run. Um, and that is a disease that people are still looking for a cure for every day, every day. Um, and you know, it's, it's a particularly awkward disease because they mm -hmm. try to like do marathons, to, like raise yeah. research yeah, funds. Okay. I'm and not quite like, that sick. Vicious circle, vicious circle. We're not, so anyway. we're not there yet. But I... yeah, I'm actually ill. I was, um, I had a non COVID cold, which I know is like a sin right now, but here we are. Here um, it is. And I had an experience that I feel like everybody has. Um, and I just want you to like affirm me in this. And it's the, I've come out of a cave after being sick. And it's that you're in your house for a number of days. You know, this, this was an experience that we had pre quarantine sure, sure. that now is like resurfacing because we're back in the world. But I was in my house for effectively four days straight. Yes. And I left my house today and people were telling me all these like news items and things. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, I wasn't even, I wasn't even here. I was, I was in a different place and that place was my house. And I don't know what you're saying to me right now. Yeah, the like, world we were, ceases to exist. It does. Like we were having lunch at my in-laws and they were like, oh yeah, you didn't know this, this, and this. And I was like, honestly, I, no. Like Who's I have that? no idea what you're talking about. Who's, I who were you? I, I didn't even know it was warm outside yesterday because I didn't go outside yesterday because I was ill. So, yeah. Um, thank you for your thoughts and prayers retroactively. I know. I know you're sending them right now. Um, I'm actually doing fine. I'm not in the shape of my life, but I'm doing okay. Um, and yeah, it's just been like one day at a time. Um, did I? I'll, I'll tell I'll tell that story later okay. because it's, it's, it's like the only thing that's happened to me this week. Cause again, cave of illness. Mm -hmm. Um, but Emma, how was your run? I don't think I'm ready to talk about it. Um, okay. Emotionally. I haven't processed it yet. I emotionally, you, spiritually, <laughs> physically, very much so physically. My body is still rejecting it. Um, probably for days to come. Uh, every time I take a deep breath, my lungs are like, Hey, 
guess what? Remember when you strained us without asking permission? So um, kill yourself, basically, is what it's saying to me. Unalive you. Unalive immediately. I'm going to actually do it for you because I can. And um, You can't breathe now. I can't. So, so um, it wasn't fun. I can tell you that. And I started and I was like, this was a mistake. Not just because I'm not good at it. But also mm. because it's in like the 40s here today. Mm. And cold running is like the worst kind of running. Running by itself, not great. Who invented it? I have questions. I just want to talk. Just a conversation. Um, just I have just some quick notes for you. And just, just I have discuss. some constructive feedback. So just like, I feel like we could have gone a different direction, but it's fine. So... I suffered through the cold and I wasn't like super cognizant of it as it was occurring, but about, so what I did was like the YMCA is right across from my house. Like I can see it. And recently, not recently, but recently to me, because I don't live here anymore. They very recently. And by that, I mean, two years ago, but I've moved um, recently, (laughs) recently. So if I'm not here to witness it, it's new. Sorry. It didn't occur. Yeah. It doesn't exist. There's like, this like they paved it back there like a loop oh like an outside track kind of a thing yeah but it doesn't go full like all the way around because that parking lot's in the front so it's just like it's like this back (laughs) sorry i just three quarters of a circle you know the like if if they're building an apartment building or something and they're showing you the amenities and it's like these virtualized people I just pictured like a long asphalt track and like someone running and then there's just a cliff. <laughs> like, they can't finish the track. So they just have to turn around and go back. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's true. But the cliff is my emotional ability to process cardio. Right, so, right, right. Um, but literally it stops. Like here's the building track ends and then you turn back around, you hightail it the other way. So what they did is like, because they you couldn't do a series do, of U shapes. <laughs> So you could, in theory, go all the way around, but you'd have to cut across a short span of grass and then go around the parking lot back to the start. And listen, your girl's not you trying have to, to park like, a car. The effort for me is just not there. Like personally, it's, it's not something. It's we not for me. Um, I considered it. I did pros and cons. I made a list, and it didn't pan out. So instead, I just turned around like an idiot. Yeah. So, but what they did to compensate was paved another path down the length of the parking lot so it cuts in it cuts into both the beginning and like the middle of the bigger loop so so we made a horseshoe to make up for the fact that we didn't want to close the o right and then just so it's like here's here's part of the track i'm I'm drawing in the air for hannah and then it goes on the other side so it's like it's kind of like if someone do a a lowercase e but like Mm. sideways so like that. Anyway, now that I've, once again, of all the things I do best, describing things is one of them. So Honestly, now that I've described the so trap to you and more, more is coming listeners. Stay tuned. I, what I did was I did that large portion. Yes, yes. Of the loop first. I did that twice there and back. And then I was like, okay, I know myself. And if I keep doing that, I'm just going to walk a lot. Cause this is just long stretch pavement and sadness i can't so what yeah. i did instead was i went to that loop and with a loop the line that goes down the parking lot and i just did that back and forth six times and then i left and it was a lot okay it's a really long parking lot long 
lengthy. So basically, you were running in front of this building back and forth repeatedly. And there were, were there other cars? Um, I'm not at liberty to say, but. (laughs) so embarrassing. I think just running in general is embarrassing. (laughs) You're like, da-da-da, da-da-da. And then you're like. Don't mind me. I'm just out here getting my exercise. And you like turn around at the mailbox and you're like, <laughs> back again. <laughs> Listen. It was had to send someone out. They're like, excuse me, ma'am, are you lost? <laughs> well, I keep getting to the other end and thinking there's gonna be more track, but it's not there's nothing there. So I just turn back around. But then there's no signs. So I just So I get lost. Like, listen. I'm directionally challenged. It's easier for me to just go back whence I came. So what's more embarrassing than that is how I look when I'm running. So it's not just the fact that I'm running up and down, up and down, up and down this parking lot. It's the fact. Which in and of itself is sad. Right. (laughs) Then you add in the fact that I, I don't, I wish I had a point of reference. Okay. The Grinch, when he's doing the relay race. He's always your point of reference. Yes, of course. When he was doing the relay race during the what holiday cheermeister parade, whatever they want to call it. And he like, he's flailing and he's like running towards the finish line. And when he crosses it, he just like jumps and like launches himself. It's like that, but there's no finish line. I'm just doing that down the runway. Also point of reference, how Phoebe, Phoebe. runs. Yeah. And re- yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. 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 So we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there. So, right um, there. So that's how my run was, and I gotta tell you, um, three out of ten. <laughs> Would Running not recommend to a friend. Um, <laughs> so that's probably why I like the elliptical because you like can't do bad at it. Like, right. a, it's like literally the least instruction required piece of equipment that one can use i agree in a gym in a home like pelotons require more instructions than this all you have to do is put your feet on and move them and you're like you're there yeah you're right there you're doing it you're out there sis look at you you are you are out ellipticaling the elliptical queens okay the elliptical result though they can't even catch you that's that's how i run so yeah, as a result, uh, due to COVID and 9-11, we are not responsible for the way we run. The most tragic part is that my calves really, really hurt. So. <laughs> and then I got handed the same flyer by the stupid sample guy every time I passed him. <laughs> I don't want a pretzel, Stanley. I'm running. <laughs> so I just started bowling him up and throwing him at him instead. Yeah, it became a game. So, um. Let me talk to you about what happened to me this morning. And oh my gosh, please do. Like most other mornings, I was running late. Um, Natch. I, I was saying to someone, I don't know what makes me do this because I'm just a crazy person. But sometimes, you know, you want to give your saying like more credibility. Mm-hmm. So yes. you know, like some people say, but like it's just, <laughs> just you, you that says it. Some people I mean. like nobody else has ever said it, right. and they're like, someone's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. No, like because um, so if you were like I say blah, then they're like they're likely say, to judge the saying. Right, it's like people. It is said. It is said. It has been you know? said. Make it, it passive. Has what been are they going to do? What are they going to do? One says occasionally. Um. So 
what I was describing is the perpetual tendency to be late. And what I don't mean is like the people who are like six hours late, because I think that's Mm -hmm. like a separate thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What you're hearing is Ruby. What you're hearing is marital discord. That was the, that was the beat of marital discord. Um, My husband has been in the room and you haven't heard anything from him because he's been obedient and quiet. But he wasn't his apparently corner. he chose his moment for rebellion right now. Oh, his headphones died. Oof. It do be like that sometimes. And now we're going to open doors. No, this is good. No, this it's is, great. great. No, problem. you're doing so great. Um, I'm so proud of you. No, this is going well. I'm so happy. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So where was I? Really late people. So right. I think like people who are like six hours late, that's like a separate we need to just talk about you in your mm, own bucket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But my bucket of people are the people who like you wake up early-ish. Like you have two hours to get ready. And somehow like up to the minute, yeah. you're like hustling and you're trying and you're out in these streets. And maybe you're not hustling the whole time, but you feel like you're hustling. Yeah. So it feels really stressful. And you're like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to get ready. Are you? I don't know. But you feel like you are. Yeah. So... <laughs> I was doing that today. Mm-hmm. And the saying that I said to someone a few weeks ago was, yeah, you know, some people say like you have like late bones, you know what I mean? You're just, you're just always late. Um, and no one's ever said that. It's just. Me I have it. no anecdotal evidence that that's ever been said before. <laughs> it's just me that says just, it. It's just, but it's just Hannah. They took it. They took it yeah. as possible. Well, I think you, it's kind of a trustworthy face. You that and you also like apply legitimacy when you like include other parties like could have been socrates who said it you don't know you're like aristotle once said maybe jesus said it once the homies do be like that they really do so so anyway um my late bones and i were running late yet again this morning and i fell into an interesting youtube hole that i didn't know was super satisfying okay um and it's vogue beauty secret now hear me out Okay. Do I think that any of the secrets revealed in the Vogue Beauty Secrets are going to, like, change your life? Let me save you some time. No, they're not. I read it, so you don't have to. (laughs) Here's why. I walked so you could run. So (laughs) the reason is Mm -hmm. because everybody on Vogue Beauty Secrets has flawless skin. Okay? Flawless skin, unlimited access to estheticians and dermatologists. These people can pay, literally pay. To have diamonds on their face now <laughs> would one i don't know but they could yeah. okay so the like skincare advice we're doing bunny ears here quote unquote skincare advice take it or leave it because oh honestly God, it doesn't like, matter drink some water rub it no you know what you should do is like jade roll your face like for two hours i i have two hours in the morning thank you so much for letting me know j-lo um didn't know but anyway Aside from the fact that none of it will actually help you, right? So let's right. just put that to the side. Okay. It's not, not very helpful. ASMR satisfying. Really? Very soothing. You're interested in what they're doing, even though you know it's not going to help you. You just want to know, like, what are you going to do? Like Phoebe from nice. Bridgerton was on it. Phoebe Denevere, I think is her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays the Duchess on Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And I was watching, I was watching her like makeup routine and I'm yeah. like, you don't even need makeup. She was at the starting point, and I was like, okay, this video is stupid. <laughs> because mm-hmm. she's like, I just washed my face. I'm like, go die. But okay. That's so great for great. you. Great. Um, but, but 
it was a very like soothing okay. amount of time that I spent in those videos. So I can wow. recommend to a friend. I'm so happy that you did the research, you did the scientific method and you ran through all the possible scenarios and theories and you tested them and you said, Hey, here's what does it doesn't work. Um, all of it, but it's nice to watch. So I did congrats I to did. us for you. Thank you. Um, patent pending, patent pending on what <laughs> we don't know, but it's, it's pending. So I don't know what it's pending on, watch but out it's, for that. it's pending. Um, yeah, I think in terms of like chits to chat, that was my chattiest chit. Okay. Um, I have anything from I you? have a point that I want to make. And it's that. So you're watching a Disney movie, right? Or you're watching any sort of film where there is a villain of some kind. And let's call him a man. <laughs> Voldemort's a great example of this. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. When Voldemort holds his wand, you see his nails, right? Okay. And they're insane long they're so long. long and my question my question just to the world but very good ovals right. like if we're gonna talk about it let's talk about it they're very manicured ovals right but that's and they my have question. an ombre it's... which was like ahead of his time because nobody so... was doing ombre nails in like 2015 no but my question is why is it that villains always just have excessively long nails why do witches have long why is that associated with witchery or evilness number one um love this topic love to debate it with you i am gonna open with weapons so it's like an extra weapon that you don't have to carry you like gouge you can scratch two when you get your nails done and i'm talking about you go to like a really authentic like vietnamese or korean spa okay Mm -hmm. there will be guys there who have like one long nail mm-hmm. and you don't know what the long nails doing, right? Like the other nails are not that long. They are short, okay. but that one yeah. nail serves a very specific purpose because they've groomed the other nails and they've kept that one nail, right? So it's like an intentional cocaine nail. Now, aside from actual cocaine, which may be the cause, maybe that's the common feature. Maybe We don't know, but I'm thinking there is some voodoo hoodoo like magic mm-hmm. in the long nail. So I think they're tapping into that, the villains. Okay. And maybe it's just like maintenance time. They're like, oh, I'm scheming, I'm plotting. Like, I don't have time to like cut my nails. Maybe it's that. Okay. So then why would the protagonist not have long nails? Because is it just like magical? Like you can't grow long nails? Like it's not practical? No, I think it's priority. They're like, I'm a good guy. I can't be out in these streets with like really long clippity cloppy nails. No, I need to like trim those bad boys. I need to be nail safe. You know, I don't want a cuticle tear. I don't want that. I'm saving the world. I don't have time for it. As soon as I have a nail as such oh my goodness did you see that occurs she's like let me talk to you like you know you know in like a drag show when they'll do like the flipping arms and like mm-hmm. very much like opulence you own everything that that's her arms that's it's very like she all of a sudden is like the star of pose from netflix like ooh, ah. Oh. Mm. Mm. and you're like emma what are you doing and she's like i want an oat milk latte large and you're like why why are you making your face card 
You just can't. I don't know why. It just makes me feel some kind of way. But I always wondered why is it that villains get the great nails and heroes are stuck with their like little sausage fingers. I just don't get that. Maybe because they lose. So that's like their one perk. I guess you have to have something, right? Like, yeah, well, my coffin nails destroy your like bitten and you know maybe heroes are nervous so they're like biting their nails a lot i don't know yeah. like, they're like oh my gosh am i gonna save the world or not ah. i don't know yeah bad so, guys aren't thinking like that they're like i'm gonna win they're like mm-hmm. i've already bought my yacht if you think that cinderella's yeah. stepmom did not have a manicurist you are wrong you're dead wrong she had them claws okay she did okay can we just talk about the fact though that like villains over time got way more attractive sure you mean like in disney like yeah like yeah. jafar ugly ugly not a mother fan. gothel pretty borderline share like share qualities she, she had share quality do you know what i'm saying like yeah the trajectory of villain yeah i don't know what, what was what's that maybe they're like i don't know maybe they want to make the viewer conflicted like you're attractive so i want to be like nice to you i want to be with you but like you're not great and also the other person's attractive so how do i maleficent great oh my great point on the on the scale so pretty melissa was fine girl so pretty you just play the angelina jolie you're so pretty yeah i mean jafar i don't know jafar jafar away from me okay that's what we're saying stay Jafar away from me okay so um okay well that was the point that I wanted to make so a quick side hot take okay someone said was it that, you no it wasn't me this okay. time it wasn't me it was a comedian okay she was talking about how like give me a Disney prince and I'll give you like all of the toxic stereotypes that are the plagues of modern dating and I like mean... basically Disney has taught us to like toxicity yeah side conversation but she was like, someone said Aladdin to her and she gave them like this whole list of red flags and like why Aladdin was a terrible person, which honestly, Not he would have been a terrible boyfriend. <laughs> she was like, uh, I pro- he promised to show her the world. He showed her a floor block radius. <laughs> like, so, that's your world, Jasmine, as far as like you and I are concerned. That's, the that's as far as you world. can walk by yourself. That's just you. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah. So re-examining childhood movies aside. She was like, but Jafar, zaddy, major zaddy energy. And I, I was that. like, no. Here's my thing. No. Jafar's not attractive at all, right? But In he, any way. But he owns his villainry. He really does. Like, he has no, hold. He doesn't, there's no, like. I would date Voldemort before I dated Jafar. Get out. I mean, I would not date either of them because I don't like men. But. I mean, I like men. I'm attracted to men. I don't <laughs> like men. And I was like, do you have something to tell me? Do you have like, news? I'm like, okay, we talked before this, like, a lot. Yeah. I feel like this should Listen, have been higher in the headlines. I cannot tell you how often I wish I was gay. But unfortunately, she likes men. And that's my biggest flaw. So, so one of the things that constantly comes up in conversations, like what stops women from dating more and like getting back into the dating market. Mm-hmm. It's number one, it's men. Always forever. Men stop it's them. Men. Um, but I just know like, okay, but if you had to pick hmm. Jafar Voldemort, who's another like disgusting villain. Um, that priest from 
Hunchback of Notre Dame. Who was like giving like rapey vibes. Yeah. Like no, I don't know his name, but yeah. Like assaulted Esmeralda, basically. Yeah, I'm going Voldemort Hundy P. I can get some boldy because like he was Tom Riddle once. Tom Riddle was hot. So listen, bald men don't freak me out. We'll get you a nose transplant. That's doable. And we'll just trim your nails, bro. We'll trim your nails. We'll get you some clothes. The cloak is unnecessary. It just doesn't need to be happening. And then you're like a normal, like Ralph Fiennes esque dude. And you Ralph Fiennes picture is hot. Voldemort. Yeah, he really is. But can you picture He's him? He's got that energy. <laughs> he really does. Um, love him forever. But I'm just can gonna I say- picture Voldemort. Are we all like okay. first date? Well, yeah, like he's across from you, you're across from him. He lit the candle you with his the wand. meatball towards your nose. He pushes the meatball towards you with his nose. <laughs> and then you take the spaghetti and you like meet in the middle. <laughs> well, he would love to push the meatball, but Sans nose, that's really difficult. So unfortunately, he just used his like his um nonverbal magic to like scoot it your way. <laughs> his NBM. He sat there with his wand like this and like no, that's creepy. Don't do that. Just like this look is at it. More. This is more. I don't want you like spinning your arm at the meatball. Like that's not gonna work for me. <laughs> A lot of pomp and circumstance there, and he actually just pokes it. <laughs> Romanticness. I want the check. Um. So, but I was saying you don't like Voldemort's cloak, but I was asking you to picture Voldemort in like Muggle clothing. Like, can you? Like, a I suit. can't. No, like jeans. I can. Because remember at the train platform, he's in like a black suit? Yeah, fine. Do but it. denim. You can you see do it. it? No, he's not like denim in a t-shirt. No. I'm like, no. He looked good in a suit though, like better than Jafar would. So. He looks so much. This is my thing. It's like picture Jafar in like a James Dean jean biker boot. Like you, you can't. You can't. You just can't do it. Someone you drew... Can't. Like back on Pinterest when Pinterest was still a thing, there's all these drawings of like if Disney characters were like modern day individuals, like how would they dress? Like how would Aladdin dress? This, this, and that. And they did the Beast and Simba in like human clothing. And there was a lot of disturbing comments. A lot of things were said that I was like, I think you're forgetting that they're like animals right now. I think we need to just come back to the point um that they're animals so i've already told you that my sexual awakening was moses and joseph from um from prince of egypt and joseph king of dreams yes i thought you just meant from the bible (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine you're like i can't see you but i'm loving the description you're like honestly he was like, I parted the Red Sea and I was on the ground. I was like, like, yes, you did. But um do it again. <laughs> can you no? Okay, well, you know, it was cool the one time, but if you okay, could like try it, it was fine. cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, I know I get that. I understand. I didn't have a Disney sexual awakening. I just watched Sleeping Beauty five million times and decided I was gonna marry a prince. Let me tell you that Hannah and I are Disney karaoke connoisseurs. We are experts. We really are. We we know we know them all. We do. But Once Upon a Dream was Hannah's fave. It's just it hits different. 
That's all I'm saying. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of which, um, and this is a great way to end this, this portion of the show. <laughs> we jump into the real show. <laughs> and jump into the actual podcast that we have so far not started. Fun fact. Hi. Um, so I saw this thing. So I, when I'm sick, let me preface this. When I'm okay. sick, I do something that I don't normally do. And you're like, stay home from work. Kind of. Uh, true, but not the whole time. But no, that's not it. And you're like, oh, um, take cold medicine. Yeah, also true. Not the point. Stop so guessing. what do I, what do you do? <laughs> Honestly, just give me a minute. I'll tell you. So what I do is I watch TikTok videos. Of course. In the, um, yes, she does. Let me and, tell you. And you can always tell when I'm ill because my usage is like a flat line, right? Like she does not have a heartbeat. And then I'm sick for like a day and it's like, boop, and it's like High 70 videos go. to our chat. Like, yep. so many videos because I'm just like living my best life in bed. And I'm like, why don't I watch TikTok? But in my normal week, I'm like, no, TikTok poisons your brain. Get out. I don't want it. So I was sick, as one can hear. And I was watching TikTok. And one of the videos was so funny. And it was the scene from Beauty and the Beast where Gaston and uh, Maurice. Um, Gaston yeah. and LeFou. 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 is the skunk <laughs> from Looney Tunes or whatever. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'll say that too. Um, anyway. Okay. So uh, Gaston and LeFou were talking and Gaston was like, Bell's dad is crazy. He was in here raving last night. And then they got to Maurice and he has like glow sticks and he's <laughs> dancing around with like a bunch of House disco music, lights yeah. to like rave music. Yeah. And then they like throw him out in the snow with his glow sticks. <laughs> it was really funny. I'll, I'll give you that one. It was funny. What so, did you want to say about LaPoo? <laughs> it reminded me. Um, my new current TikTok trend okay. is... My new favorite current TikTok trend Got it. is a la poubelle. I love a la poubelle. It's so good. If he doesn't drive a 500,000 pound sports car, a la poubelle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. I, I love it. I, I literally was walking around my house earlier and I was doing something and something wasn't working. Oh, it was my eyebrow um, pen. It yeah. like ran out and I was like, a la poubelle. <laughs> You'd say it to Luke every time he does something you don't like. Honestly, when he interrupted me earlier, a la poubelle. You know what? Yeah, Luke. So take that. How about that? And he's like, I literally don't care. He couldn't care less if he tried. But he did quote the friend's French lesson thing ah, yesterday. Je, je, ma, ma, pel, pel. Je m'appelle. We be poo poo. Yeah. His redeeming qualities. Anyway, this is the transcontinental tea. The transcontinental tea. It's the tea that's transcontinental, Max Medina. And (laughs) I was trying to do it. I was like, transcontinental. Transcontinental tea. Yeah. The impression is difficult there, but. I got the point. It's, it's really okay. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, hi, I'm I'm Emma. I am Hannah. Although normally in life and in death, I sound better than this. So um, you may not recognize my voice. And if you do, congratulations. It means that you're officially my friend. 
We actually have a stand-in right now that's not Hannah, but... Um, this is my full-time stunt double. I take her everywhere I go. It's really convenient for me. Her name's Laurel, and she's a beast. It's like, I don't want to do things sometimes. So I just send her in ahead of me. I'm like, do your thing, girl. So anyway, this is the podcast where we ramble for 40 minutes, and then we talk about an actual thing for 20 minutes, and then we ramble again for another 10 minutes... And then usually we're done, but sometimes there's like a musical number. Sometimes we have like a coordinated dance. Sometimes Hannah ditches me to go do something and I have to talk to her dog for 10 minutes. Okay. And- that audio, I hate that it's not recorded. So next time you'll just have to oh, let, let there, the tapes roll. We we had a technological tragedy, which strikes even the most robust of organizations Truly. such as ourselves. Um, and basically what it resulted in was me and Emma just having Emma and I, oh my gosh. Oh my God, who are you? Um, <laughs> Emma and I just having like a two and a half hour zoom call without any purpose. Um, which is fine, but I went to the bathroom as, as people do. Um, and I had my AirPod in still, um, so that I could hear, I, I have no idea why I left it in, to be honest. Um, but I just had it in and I went to the bathroom and she was like, okay, I'm going to talk to Ruby. Who's my dog. The audio content. <laughs> we had a good conversation, Ruby. She's, you know, wow. A lot, there's a lot hidden behind those eyes. You'd be surprised. She has really creepy people eyes. And what it's do I true. mean by that? She has like a very human face. Yeah, dogs with human faces honestly like, do freak me out. She's looking around like, what do you mean? It's not you, creepy. Hi, um, you don't mean that, right? Like, she's genuinely staring. I mean, it's really disconcerting. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, Rubes and I, we had a great talk and one of these days, the team will be privy to that, but it was private between Ruby and I and Hannah by proxy. But it's not this day. Exactly. So let's get into the tea of the week. Right. Let's, let's do that. Tea, Listeners, I wish you could have been privy to the technical difficulties that we encountered, but we're professionals and we solved the problem. It was traumatic with a capital T. It was sad, but tragic. Sad, but tragic. So, and I don't, I still don't know how we did it. Um, I, we just kept clicking things and eventually. NASA, stop calling us. I, stop. Quit. stop. Elon, I can't work with you. I can't. Stop it. Sir Musk, stop. Stop it. Okay, so tea. We're at tea of the week. That's where we're at. The we hiatus are. was so long that I forgot where we were at. So sh- who, sh- who should lead the charge here? Why don't you run out on that bridge? Okay, like I'm a ready. Good All right, here's here's the, the thing, team. My um, meet without feet story was so wildly popular that I thought, wow, I should do more where I just see a strange thing and I'm like what if I just talk about it like what if I just say things in words so I was driving to Ohio from New York and I think I was I don't know if I was in Ohio yet I was in Pennsylvania for a long time it's a very long Mm. road and I saw something as I was driving and I looked at it and I was like oh my gosh I have to tell Hannah about this but I didn't, I was driving, so I didn't have the ability to like take a photo of it or anything like that. Yeah. So I just wrote in my notes, I wouldn't forget creepy highway tree. So and instead, she's going to paint me a picture with words. I am. So your mind's eye can see it because I literally don't have a photo. So that's your only option. Sorry. 
So here I am. I'm driving. You have me in the car, the driver's seat, the dogs are behind me. And my foot is on the gas because trying to drive without doing that, not, not successful. I can attest. So I'm driving along. I'm jamming out to whatever, who can say, having karaoke in my car as you do. And I look to my right and there's a tree. And this tree is not just an ordinary tree. Okay. okay. It's tall. It's wide. It's bulky. You know, it's, mm. it's your average tree. But this tree is painted and it's painted with a, a scary face is how I would, I guess, describe this to you. This tree had eyebrows. Okay. This was a serious effort okay. on the part of the artiste. So I'm going to describe to you. Draw the weird, like Anastasia Beverly Hills eyebrows on pumpkins like that. Um, less glamorous. Okay. It's more like okay. scrag. It's kind of like if someone took a curly fry, not a curly fry. Um, I don't describe <laughs> it. It's not a curly fry. That'd be hilarious though. Those like zigzag fries, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like that, okay. but yeah. like stuck it on his eyebrows. So it looks like that. So okay. we'll start. I only saw it for a quick second. So I'm going to just log into the old memory so naturally, bank. I memorized it. Yes, of course. So we have the zigzag fries eyebrows. They're dark right. black. Okay. Okay. There's purple eyeshadow. Maybe it's not meant to be eyeshadow, but it's a long half oval of purple on each side. Then we so get to the eyes. She's giving you like Mimi. She's giving yeah. you like Drew Carey show. She's she like is. bold. Yeah. Okay. She's like when your young daughter gets into your makeup supply and does her makeup or she's me my first day of junior high when blue eyeshadow was a thing so here we are so we get to the here eyes. we are we've, we've eyeshadow, lived, like oh what is that grown. and then we get to the eyes which are strangely expressive in a really creepy way okay okay like kudos to the artist for being able to do that i love that for you so they're almond shaped it's very like wow you have like a, a vision here and i love that for you but really large pupils like ah. Like, okay. I don't know how else to describe that, to be honest, just large pupils. Like very blown out pupils. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just basically a black circle in each eye. Like kind mm-hmm. of like when people don't know how to do eyes, but they want to do eyes and that's kind of how they do it. Yeah. So, so they just draw a circle and they're yeah, like done. Just like that. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, it's such an eye. It's just so great. So we get, there's lashes. I, I, I can't believe I almost forgot that. This, this tree has lashes. It does. It has lashes. And lashes. <laughs> kind of like if you took like a spider and you just like cut it in half and then you stuck that spider to your eyelid. That's what the lashes looked like. They were like, okay. all the way up, you know? Okay. Very ostentatious, very like glamour girl, very cover girl, like, Ooh, Rimmel London, go girl. Like, Ooh, so, avant-garde. Ugh. Come on. <laughs> so let me get to the nose, which like you put so much effort into those lashes. I don't know why you would do a nose this way, but it's like, they took, it's like a classic pumpkin carving nose. They took the nose and it's like, down straight bridge and then it does that like outward movement you know it doesn't have any sort of shape to it It just goes like and those are the nostrils apparently and i was a little i was a little disappointed with the nose like i felt like we could have done more you know but they didn't even close it like an artist collective i feel like we could have achieved more but you know it, it wasn't up to me i wasn't present I wasn't at the meeting. Not my circus, not my monkey. I, they, I was not consulted, so whatever. Okay, so we've discovered that 
half of the face is complete, right? Here we are. Now we get to the mouth, which is done in a, like a, a growl. It's like a growl. So it, there's no lips. It's just like really Mimi's sharp. angry. It's like, Arr. you know, it's, yeah, she's upset. Why? Someone probably stole her eyeshadow. Was her brush. Who can say? Like, it's gone. And she ran out of <laughs> they primer, stole maybe. They London Compact. They were and not. They she back. Like, guys, I need my powder. My settings powder? Like, bring it back to me. They didn't. So she's growling they at said- them. And she's got very sharp teeth. Like, okay, okay. you're like an animal. Like, what do you eat? I'm like, kind of like wondering, like, what's your diet like? she's just a carnivore i guess so as far as i can tell she just eats men that's the story i created in my head for her my kind so. of girl Love it. so yeah but like this is not a small face this takes up the majority of the trunk like i can see it i'm in the furthest left lane it's on the right side of the highway and i just drove past it and i was like who had the time to come out here between exits we're not talking like it's next to the exit so it's a convenient trek it's not you got to walk at least like three quarters of a mile away from the exit. They were like, no, I'm, I'm coming here for my art. They did not care that it was a walk. It's kind of like people that do like graffiti on really, really tall skyscrapers or on billboards. Like you climbed or like when you drive under a bridge, like an overpass and you see graffiti there, I'm like, how'd you, how'd you do and it? It's like a teeny tiny bridge. And you're like, like, I don't even know how you stood there. When I was a kid, I used to picture them just using really long ladders. And every time a car drove by, they had to climb down and shuffle it over and wait. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Very frustrated because it was taking them forever just to draw the stupid heart with Jessica in the middle. <laughs> it's just a rough life for them. So anyway, I saw this creepy tree and I was just mesmerized by it because I have to tell you of all the times I've driven on the highway and all the trees that I've seen, nary one had a face until now. No one. Mimi the tree tree. Well, Mimi the Tree Tree, thank you for sharing that for me, Kiki. I really appreciate it. And honestly, you are kind of really good at describing things like in a in a terrible way. Like you. you should not paint as good of a picture as you do. Oh, okay. But I can see it. Yeah. But I, I can in your mind's eye. It. Like you know what that tree is. No, looks I can like. I can really see it. I can yeah. I'm I'm seeing the tree. Look at um it. in a similar way. Okay. Uh, I also don't have a tea. Um, so. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what you're trying to say. So, um, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. But, um, yeah, as as I informed you earlier right. in this news broadcast, um, I was ill. I am, like, less ill now, which is a great sign. You know, I'm hoping to live. Um, but I was ill for, like, four days. Um, and I got to the point in my life where mm-hmm. I had something happen that I I hadn't had it happen before. Okay. Wow. You know, and so some people call it pivotal. Some people call it a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'd call it both. But okay. essentially, do you see how we add all these descriptors to these non-events deal. to crazy. make them like this big event, but it's still a non-event that we're sharing? Anyway, so... <laughs> Don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the curtain. He just works here. So anyway. Stacy, um, get out of there. <laughs> Stop it. Stacy, our stenographer, get out. Go type something. Um, so <laughs> I, to write or something. What are you doing? So I got to Wednesday of this week. Yeah. And she survived. I, I did. I lived all the way till Wednesday. 
um, an achievement for many. Wow. And right. so <laughs> I, I was, it was Tuesday night. It was about to be Wednesday. That's how the week works. Yeah. Um, well, so okay. Okay. we 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 I'm don't want to be on the journey. I'm we don't bringing like, you on the journey, guys. We don't we don't want to make waves. We know there's a lot of weak deniers out there. You don't, you don't believe there even are a lot of flat weakers out there. Just, you know, you're not there. You're like Tuesday. Um, actually, per this document that I wrote myself, Tuesday doesn't exist. So Tuesday, who is that? Who's it? So anyway, I got to Tuesday night. And I was feeling really poorly, like I was feeling really ill. Quite. And my husband, being of sound mind, and you know, his only negative characteristic is that he's male. Um, so he we're so close. And I, oh my gosh, so close. You were doing great. He and I were talking as we do. And I was. <laughs> I think it's just him, so great that you can talk as a married couple. Like you wouldn't think that you could do that, like because he's a man, and talking to men is abhorrent and a terrible. I know. Experience. I let him live but... in my house, and I actually talk to him sometimes. It's wild. Wow. So anyway. it's just to ask him to like get something for her. That's the point. The sad thing is, kind of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I know. So we were talking as we do, and I was saying like, "Oh my goodness, I feel so bad. Like I feel so sick right now. I can't. I can't live. Like I just want to drop dead I'm alive." He's right like. Now. I want to be unalive. And he's I like, do. cool. Um, I think you should probably stay home from work tomorrow because you feel so horrible. Great advice. Wow. Such, such good advice. Look at you. Kind you don't want it out over here. <laughs> oh my God. Solve all of our problems, Dr. Phil. Come on. So anyway, so I look back at him and I go, I can't. I have too many meetings. So I physically got to the point in my adult life mm. where I had too many meetings at work where it was more inconvenient to reschedule all of them than to not go. Right. Like I have never been such an adult that I have not taken a day off when I could. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never chosen violence in that way. Mm -hmm. Like I woke up and I of sound mind and below I think above average now. Breast okay. size. Um, welcome. I, it's terrible. <laughs> welcome. So I I woke up and I was like, no, I'm going to go to work rather than rest. Stay home because it's more inconvenient for me to reschedule my meetings. Listen to my body. Um, does she pay the bills? No, she doesn't. Get a job. Do something so, in your life. Honestly, and I also have these two freeloaders. Um, they don't have jobs. Seriously? They live with me. No rent. They eat off my table. I feed them all the time. If you're like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Hannah, are you talking about your kids? No, I'm talking about my dogs. How dare you? You know. So, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I went into work Wednesday and I was absolutely miserable because I was ill. I was like, you know, like when you're so sick that you're like sweating. I was like yeah. sweating in a meeting. It's called having a sweating. Fever. Yeah. But like, you know. You know um, what? Like, it's just my body being it's like extra. Undiagnosable. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway. I'm going to cut ahead. Okay. So that was part one of my tea. This is the bifold part two. Here we are. Here second half. So Thursday I worked from bed because I knew better. Um, I she lived through Wednesday it. and I was like, we're not, we're not going to do that again. That was stupid. No. That was stupid. You was like so silly of me. You were silly not going to do it. You're silly You stayed in her pond. in my pond. <laughs> so working from bed and I came across a series 
Okay. That I proceeded to finish the next day, which was a bank holiday for us. So we didn't have work yeah. on Friday. Yes. Um, and I think the people need to know about it. And it's called Anatomy of Scandal. Okay. It's really, really good. So I'm not sure, like, the globality of it in terms of Netflix. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's, like, everybody's Netflix or if it's, like, Europe's Netflix or, like, where we're at. But Anatomy of a Scandal is basically, it's this British MP and he and his wife, it, like, starts the movie. It's, it's, it's a limited series, so it's not a movie. But it starts mm-hmm. with them. And it's all fictional. Mm-hmm. But essentially, he like starts by informing her that there's this big scandal that's about to break because he had an affair with one of the staff that he works with mm-hmm. and it's about to come out in the papers. And so they kind um, of are going through this. It's very, very good. It's very good. Um, been a show rep for a while. It, so. Would I call it true crime? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, you said it's um, fictional, which I, for the team, just a quick little like Oxford lesson. Um, fictional and truth are opposites of one another. So if it's fiction, it cannot also be truth. So that's just like, I find that so interesting. So. Okay. You know what's <laughs> interesting about that um, is that people call true crime, like a whole variety of things. Um, sure, it's sure, not sure, just true crime. It's it covers true like anything crime. <laughs> no, it's fine. I love that. It's like truly crime, but it's it may not be based crime. on a true story. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> So anyway, I was watching it though, and and it was really really good. I finished the whole thing in a day, um, as my sickness allowed me to do, and I wow. would say ten out of ten would recommend. You have friend. stepped away from a book to do that. That's so. You know, who are you? I so I don't know how much I'm going to talk about it, but I finished all of Sarah J. Mass's published works. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I haven't bounced back like I thought I would. Sure. Like, I finished a good series in between. And was it worth the read? It really was. It which really one, was. Which one? It, oh, it was the Ember in the Ashes series, right? Yeah, Ember in the Ashes series. Very, very good. Four books, fantastic. I've started the next series, and it's a slow burner for me, which maybe is a good thing, because Akatar started very slow burn for me. Mm-hmm. I did, like, I... Like visually, I was there, but like emotionally, I was like, "Yeah, oh, I get it. I get it." Am I gonna give my heart away? I'm not sure. It's like dating. So, I, <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm in the throes of a new book. I'm I'm gonna come to terms with it. I'm gonna let you know how I'm going, but I don't want to well, say what it a, is in case it's a different. I like, love it. It's, it's different it. from what you've been reading, and maybe that's why it's difficult for you to get super into it off the bat because it's like, it's not that it's not fantasy, but it's it's more dystopian than it is fantasy. Yeah. So here's my, my one and only bone to pick. I really like it so far. Like I'm going to keep reading it, but even with movies, I don't love an after earth movie. I get like saying. I'd rather just be in like our own magical world or just be where we are. Like, mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh. But like, imagine the apocalypse. And then and you're like, okay, first of all, it was like a really bad apocalypse. You guys planned it really poorly because we're like still here. Um, and second of all, like, why are we now like, oh, and now we live in these tree huts and these tree huts live next to this massive city on wheels and only the people with the wheels can get around the tree. Like, why, why, why? 
I mean, I will say that there are not tree houses in this book as far as I remember. No, no. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is like dystopian films, books generally, like like After Earth. I am number four. Uh, This is what I'm saying. Like, it's all like, oh, it's like Chicago, but worse. And you're like, okay, cool. I don't I don't. Listen, I already read Left Behind as a kid. And I'm good on apocalypse. I am like I'm set. I'm good. My apocalypse literature count is literally a hundred. Apocalypse so then. Good. Apocalypse then, not now. Okay, we're done. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. Let's pop into mm-hmm. the rest mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So Emma, give the people the team, as it were, a day count because we haven't updated them in a hot second. Okay, I'm going to give you guys more than just a day count. I'm going to get specific. Give me, give me more. Give so me first I'm going to show Hannah what the background is for this countdown. And it's the town square. Oh, of I'm so into um, it. Well, it's not the town square, but you can see the clock tower, which is the town square. And I can't remember the actual name of it. Um, I'll have to look it up. It starts with a P. I know that. So anyway, we have until the day that I board a plane to leave this country to never return sans visiting my family 34 days six hours 52 minutes 46 seconds 45 seconds 44 seconds and so on oh i'm so excited i'm see i'm i am excited i am it's like i I stare at my visa forever my thing is and hannah can relate to this sleep with it i'm so busy getting things ready that yeah. I have not, I've had to compartmentalize it. I'm like, yes, it's happening, but it has to go in this like back square because yeah. the front is all the stuff I have to do to move it to the front. It's like yeah. the planes taxiing and it's the last one. It's literally the last one. So oh, that's where we're at right now, but um, we are ever closer. We're almost just a month out. And that is crazy because we started at like 70 some days when I started counting. So I literally can't like I talk about it more than anyone should um and I think it's just like it's probably just like me heralding to my other people in my life that like mm-hmm. hey um hey like let's hey. talk you mean quick sit down you and me Hi. they're like I just asked how your day was going hey <laughs> let's chat <laughs> so there was a be portion of my life and an AE portion of my life. And there's that's before Emma and after Emma. If you couldn't figure now, that out. You know, you're astute. You're deep people. You you think sometimes for a living. So I... Thank you. I have a specific living standard with Emma that has never been closer. Um, and, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So BE, mm-hmm. we never lived that close to each other. We didn't know each Ever. other. So it's not shocking that we didn't live that close to each I other. I mean, it's a little weird, but it's fine. <laughs> A.E., we lived, like, two minutes from each other to start out with, which was, I will say, um, not ideal for other people. That's how I'll phrase it. It was not ideal for other people because it was just a lot of, it was a lot of energy just, like, out into the ether. Um, Projection. And so, like, people weren't ready for it. People didn't know how to, like, supply themselves with, like, earplugs or like door locks like they just didn't know so since that point though we have lived a good distance away from each other like we've never been as close as we're going to be by plane train and automobile now right um 
so I just don't know if Europe is ready. <laughs> like they have a lot of refu- refugee crises. They have a lot of like oil crises. They have a lot right, going right, on right, right, right now. Right. Yeah. Or we like, so sorry, the timing like, is bad. Add on top. I'm like, guys, guys, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Emma's actually moving here. Here to this location. And we're going to be within two hours flight time of each other. Yeah. Yeah. See, herein lies the problem. Here's the rub. We will be just two hours away. That's it. Just two. Two hours. That's like if Hannah had lived in Atlanta while I had lived in Augusta. That would have been, I would have. I would have also lived in Atlanta. So yeah, she would have just moved. Um, <laughs> but spoiler alert, she would have moved. I would have, I would have moved. So here's the thing. I, I am going to Italy when Emma moves uh, basically the first weekend that yeah. she's there. Yeah. And you might think Hannah, don't you want to let her settle in? Um, no, no <laughs> because Emma can't settle in without me there. Hello. What's she going to do? Pick guys. her flat by herself? Um, you guys are so funny for thinking that, that I'm a functional adult on my own. Like, you're so funny. Also, if you think that Emma would not be like, so it's been five days and you <laughs> haven't even visited me. Do you hate me? You don't know her. You don't know her at all. And that's why, team, listen, I like you guys a lot. I really do. Um, Love. We I love say. you even like big fan and I'm ho- hoping that you like Ooh. our work. Like I would, I would advocate for you. If someone said, would. Hey, your team sucks. I would fight them for you. I really would. In the street. It's just that. <laughs> How in the street? It's just that Hannah and I are soulmates and we're what you would call twin flames. <laughs> and who's MGK? Who's Megan Fox? It, it waffles. It's it just depends. It, depends. it just changes by day. Power. Like, we don't drink each other's blood um, no, because that's I, unsanitary. You have to draw a line. You do. Like you, you have gotta to take a place that that you won't go to, and I won't go there. I just, I'm sorry. Like I'll, I'll give you blood. I will if you need it. Yeah. Um, if you need it, girl, oh take God, it. Take but it. like, not from here. You go. Like, not not from like my arm though. No. Okay. Like, fine. I get that. No, I get that. It's just that team. See, Hannah will be less able to travel to me than I will to her. It's really true. And as a result, I'm thinking like every other weekend. But here's the thing that nobody knows. Okay. So we need to just lay out the plan. Sure. Okay. Emma is living in Italy for her gorgeous Italian adventure for as long as she wants. She's going to have an amazing time at the end of that adventure. It's going to come. It will end. It will. Because here's two reasons. One, I don't live there. Two, hot weather. Whoa. It's true. We all have unavoidable. So we all have we all have deal breakers. That's a deal breaker for and both of us. That's one of them. Yeah. So Emma is gonna have her beautiful adventure for as long as she has it, and then she's gonna move here. Yeah. Um, and that means that she needs to focus her energy on like meeting friends, spouses, you know, dog works. groomers, the, the important people in life. Yeah. Here. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So as a result, she unfortunately, have friends there? yes, yeah, I mean, yes, no, yeah, definitely, absolutely. Oh my That's god! The thing, though. Oh my I god. already have friends in in England, though. Like I do. I have Hannah, who's actually my wife, so it's like a little elevated. And then I have our other friends. 
that exist there as well that yeah. were, I don't know if they were ready, but I will say Faye like did a great job matching the energy and she just like, yeah, right into it. Not everyone is so seamless, but Faye did a great job with that. So she folded it in, folded she, in, she folded that cheese. She did. So, <laughs> so in conclusion, Emma will be, she'll be by coastal babe. Um, and by that, she means she's going to probably, I'm going to say intrusively, um, come to visit me. Yeah. Uh, which honestly I should be more mad about, but I'm just not. She's just not, not yet anyway, until, not. until it happens enough times to make up for the lack of being close to each other for the past, like yeah. seven years. Yeah. So it'll be like, which I feel is like almost when you're moving here. So I feel like yeah. by the time I'm like, oh my God, Emma, you're like, gonna here. it's too late. Here I am. I live here now, which but will make it even also, worse. Like, <laughs> this is, this is a great litmus test for if you can travel with someone. Okay, good. There are very few people in life that you can spend more than 48 hours with without wanting to put them in a chokehold. That's true. Um, and maybe you don't put them in a chokehold. Maybe you have great self-control. You, you know, you're restrained. You know people's civil liberties. You abide by them. And I think, yay for you. Great. great. Love that. Um, I, too, am that person. Emma's not that person. But I'm yeah. that person. I, I don't put people in chokeholds. But everybody knows that no matter how good of friends you are at brunch, no matter how good of friends mm-hmm. you are... Mm-hmm walking around the town right. no matter how good of friends you are shopping driving down the road whatever. whatever whatever you're gonna hit a point yes maybe it's 24 hours wow great for you maybe it's 48 wow. but that 47th hour you're gonna start itching you're like get out get out get out get out nice. and you're gonna want to nice. like nice. remove them from you if a person does not give you that feeling they're not only a good travel buddy they may be your soulmate and here we are. You heard it here first. Here we are. And we did like short trips to test the waters. You know, you have to, you have to, you can't just go in. So this is actually, this is more logical than the people who tell me like, no, you need to live with someone before you get married. No, no, you don't. This is the real, real. You need to travel with someone overnight before you travel with them for a week. Yes. Have to. You are a different person when the sun goes down. You're a different you're a different person. Maybe you're a vampire. Like, Maybe you're your a Your needs change so quickly. Some people are hangry. Yeah. And you like haven't been with them between mealtimes because your plans have always been around meals. And then they're just like, <sighs> and you're like, whoa. See, for me, it's when my feet start to hurt. Oh my goodness. Don't like, don't at Emma if her feet hurt. Don't even, like, don't don't even look, look at, at her. <laughs> don't breathe don't on her. Do it. Don't do it. And also, will, don't point out that you warned her that her feet could hurt in the shoe the choice that she went with. You know it's not fair? Don't point that out. You know it's not fair? Is that I evolved so much in the shoe region when it came to traveling. And it wasn't until Copenhagen that my feet were finally like, we are on the same page. We're here. We understand the assignment. Because even in Paris, I wore, ten, I wore the wedges that one day, but I brought tennis shoes with me just in case. And the wedges weren't uncomfortable, but the strap broke. So I had no choice but to put the tennis shoes on. And that was the most impractical that I got. That's true. But, he, but even at, because like I had the first trip to London, which was bad. And then I had. Yeah. And then I had the second trip, which was less bad, but still like, Emma, you could have made different choices. And then the third trip. Which <laughs> My favorite are the slides. I'll never get over <laughs> the slides. 
They were uncomfortable until the 10th hour and the 11,000th mile. <laughs> it's like someone who shows up to the amazing race and they're in like slides. And like, what are <laughs> to you be fair, do? like I knew we would be walking. Our plan was to walk because we want to see the city. That was the point. Hang on. I just want you to say that one more time for the people in the back. The plan was to walk. Right. It was a walking tour. Here's- it was she and I walking around London, through the city, see London, walking. Here's the thing, though, with Hannah. His, Hannah's, I don't think she does it on purpose. I don't. I don't think she does it on purpose. I think that I she just, maybe she just can't say. gauge distance very well. I don't know, Hannah. That's like your struggle. I think, my, like, dis- I think my distanceometer is just broken. Like, she'll be as like, a person. Oh, my God, no. It's like broken. a short walk from here to there. We'll be fine. And then it's like seven miles. And I have lived in New York City for almost two years. I am used to walking, trust and believe. Now, when that happens. But she was in Georgia at that point. You need to have a car. She walked to her car and she walked up the treadmill and up the Stairmaster. But your girl did not go on like no. a, a walkabout. No. She I didn't. Not for me. It's just not. No, no one asked. So unfortunately, I was not prepared and Hannah did not present the situation in an honest and forthcoming way. So I felt like saying it's a really long walk was like enough. It wasn't. It wasn't enough. <laughs> you need Here's to be what specifics. Would have been okay. Here's what would have been enough. Emma, this is roughly 20 miles that we're thinking about walking together. And you're going to look at me and think that's insane. Nobody could walk that distance. And you're wrong. You're flat wrong. And, and actually, at the end of the day, yeah. you are much better for having walked it than having Lessons taken the tube learned, between places. Because you see so much more. You get to mm-hmm. stop for coffee. You, you we, take in did. the air. You know? We stopped, yes. we stopped a lot. We, we stopped so a lot. many stops. But um, well, once we, did eventually. we were staying, we went for like a weekend trip to Savannah. Yeah. And we went Ugh. on a run because we were like still really deep in our like disorder. And we were like, oh my God, cardio. Let's do that on our vacation. <laughs> so we just ran to a coffee shop directly. And there were like pies out front. And so we just, we were like, this will do God run. <laughs> we got the coffee and then we like walked back. And that's the only kind of cardio I ever want in my life. (laughs) I will walk to coffee now. I will. I will not run necessarily. But I'll say that was delicious ass coffee. They had some good horchata. They really did. Horchata. We still have t-shirts from them. Uh, It's in my sentimental drawer. Yeah. I have some t-shirts I'll never get rid of and that's one of them. So yeah, it is. So anyway, yeah. Anyway. So Emma's moving to Italy and she's packing sensible shoes. And long story short, she's gonna be in England a lot because number one, I live here. Number two, it's easier for her to travel to me. And number three, she is going to meet her partner yeah. here or in Italy who's willing to move here. We're open to either option. Listen, that's fine. We have to get just I need a spousal visa. I do. And I'm not saying that's the reason I'm gonna marry somebody, but it's a great perk. And I'm excited. But it's about not that. not the reason. It's not not the reason. It's just like I'd like to also love them. Like that'd be great. That'd but, be a great side effect. But I'd be also greater to love them and get a spousal visa so that I can just stay there. Listen, we're looking for a yes and. Like, I'm going to love them. I'm going to, like, want to spend my life with them. And, 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 you know, listen, if anything, if dating Americans has taught me anything, it's that I am not meant to be dating Americans. (laughs) It's it's to don't. 
It is a don't. And it is that I listen, Hannah and I have been very forthcoming that we are religious entities. We are like, we, are. we believe in Jesus. Happy Easter, by the way, we're recording on Easter. Happy um, Easter. He has risen. Woohoo. Good job. You're so great. We love that. Um, big fan of your work. <laughs> so sick new bod. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that for you. Look at you. You're so glowing. <laughs> So anyway, before I get too blasphemous, moving on, I think divinely there has to be a purpose behind my inability to find a decent partner in the States. And I can only think, given everything that's happened, it's because I'm not meant to marry an American. Listen, someone's going to hear that and take offense. Let me just nip that in the bud. First of all, I don't Um, care. but... But let me just nip that in the bud. Here's what I mean. I never enjoyed dating Americans. There was always something off. I always got Mm -hmm. the ick. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't the guys. Like, the guys themselves, a lot of them were trash. But some of them, some of them were okay. Some of them were decent guys. Some of them were decent guys. The reason that I was never happy was because I know that I never would have been happy living in the States. Correct. And so, therefore... The, the things that are important to us, our passion, a lot of Christians would use the term like the desires of our heart. They're different. Okay. They're fundamentally different. So you're not going to have that amazing connection, that amazing, like life building, like, wow, I want to spend every day with you kind of feeling with someone if you're fundamentally different mm-hmm. in like important ways, such as where you want to spend the rest of your life, for example. So Emma is not going to find someone who shares all of her interests, her passions, and that centers around like living in the States because she doesn't want that. That's not her interest or passion. So unfortunately, like it's just not there. It's just not for me. It's not there. It's just not there. And listen, that was not always the case. It was an unrealized passion for a long time because I was in situations where I had a lot of, had very little control over my environment and what I was doing there. And you make do in those situations. And you think like, Hey, I'm here for seven years. I may as well like date, you know, and I did. And those experiences made me realize I am not going to walk, but sprint from the States. Well, and I think it's also about like the kind of life you want, like, right you want to build a life in Europe and that naturally lends itself to you wanting to marry someone who's from Europe because Mm -hmm. you want that experience. You want that shared culture, love, you want that, that life. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. just want that Mm -hmm. and not like this. I don't that, not this, this, not that, et cetera. So, and that can, before everyone gets mad at us, it's like, you don't like America. Like I'll just say, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> lovingly, you know, so much, so much respect, so much, you know, Emma, she used to get really upset when I would say this. Um, cause she's like, you're American. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I was born there, but that doesn't mean that I have to tattoo your flag on my bicep. That doesn't mean that I have to be obsessed with everything that you're that. obsessed with. Um, I, I'm from there. I, I went there for many moons. Um, but I chose not to go there anymore and I only go now to visit family. So respectfully, like, no, I really don't. And there's, there's nothing wrong with my preference. Just like some people don't like other countries. That's, I feel like valid. 
yeah, fine. Don't, I don't, it, it's no skin off my nose, whether or not someone likes my decisions and why I'm making them like, okay. It's, it's the same when I moved to New York, but a lot of this is getting very close to our topic for the day. So let's just bring in Wendy and finish this conversation. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm-hmm. Very delicious. Okay. I'm going to preface this first. I guess we should give the theme. And Hannah, what is the theme? Of and, then the theme. and then I'll preface the theme. Yeah. So the theme of today's episode was kindly brought to us by the beautiful mind that resides in Emma Brene Cassidy's body. Up here. And the theme is assimilating into new cultures. Um, and before you're like, oh my gosh, it's like another episode about how you're better because you live in Europe. You're yes, right. But also... But- also, we're going to be talking about other portions of our life as well and, and other cultures, specifically experiences that we've had living in different states, for example, um, or just moving from a small town to a bigger area. So that's the the nutshell of what we're talking about. Here, and it's a hazelnut in case you were curious. So I'm going to share a, a story, which is what created the brainchild. It's a short story. Don't worry. You need know, a small popcorn, not a large. Okay, it's it's short. We're in and out. So get like a slushy, but don't get the bo- like the, the two mixed flavors. No. It's really good, but it takes you too long to drink. Get one, yeah, just the get one. one. Get a small because the large, first of all, crazy expensive, crazy big. Two, you just you won't have the time. In the brain freeze, I need you to focus. Mm. So here we go. So there's a guy that goes to Fordham, and he's in the master. He's in a master's program of some kind, and he is Army Reserve. Because Fordham has a ROTC program and a lot of people that come back and do like their masters and things like that were undergrad in the ROTC program, um, so on and so forth. So yes. Brits don't know what ROTC means. Oh, sorry. I, what's the breakout? It's basically like fake military. ROTC is recruits on Officer training? <laughs> officer cadets yeah. or something? So yeah. basically it's like. Yeah. Reserve mm, officer training. Yeah, it, it's like it mirrors the military and that you get a uniform, you like do drill and things, but you're not actually in the military. Like you're attending school, but a lot of people that do that are able to commission after they finish their degree. So it's sort of like pre boot camp, boot camp, basically. Like, why would you do it? I don't know, but whatever. Like four years. Congrats. <laughs> so great for you. Great. You get like ranks and stuff. It's too strange, but, and you're overseen by like actual army military people who are usually in the reserves. So I digress. This guy was talking about like what he does, where he'd been. And he asked me like, oh, so like, what are you studying? This is and that. And um, when he found out I was a senior, he asked me like, how, like, what, what kind of job are you going to do? And I told him I'm going to do this in this place. And he was like, oh, I just came from there. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And the thing immediately that, takes out notebook. <laughs> I'm like, hello. But here's the thing. He and I are very, very different in a very important way. And yeah. The first thing he said to me when he found out that I was going there was, you should join the Army Reserves when you get out there. Immediately, no. And I was like, immediately, no. It's not that I want to insult you. It's just that there are not words yet formed in the English language that adequately describe how much that concept disgusts me. Immediately, I feel my skin crawling. And to even suggest that to me, I find horribly offensive. 
And so I basically, what I, I was thinking though, what I said was, I really didn't say that. I just like don't want anything to do with the military, to be honest. Like I'm working on the base. I'm a civilian contractor and I'm making like decent money. I don't need to join the army reserves because for the benefits, I already have the benefits. Like I don't, I don't need them. And, and to be so, clear, there aren't any benefits. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do it. I think you get TRICARE again. And it's like, uh-huh. I said what I said. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I hear you. I get civilian health insurance, which I can promise you is better. I can just tell you now it's better. So he said that to me and I respectfully declined. Um, and I was asking him about the town. Like, what did you like? And he's like, yeah, but basically it's just kind of like living in a little America because you're like working on a base and like, maybe you don't want to like necessarily hang out with people but like you'll still watch the super bowl and then i was like first of all i've never watched the super bowl like i don't do that second of all i think that these experiences are what you make them and if you insist on keeping yourself in your comfort zone bubble of like your own culture you do a disservice to the opportunity of being able to live elsewhere and i that doesn't sit right with me because this is my permanent plan and i mean not italy but europe that's my permanent plan yeah, so I experienced, Emma was talking to me about this, um, and I experienced the same thing. So when I moved here, people would just hang out with people from work, which mm-hmm. in my case, because one of the easiest ways to move to Europe is with a work visa. So naturally, in a lot of co- contexts and cases, mm-hmm. that will mean that you're working with people from the country you're coming from. Sure. So in our case, we're working with people who came from America, who plan to move back to America, and who are living abroad temporarily. Not all, but many. And many of them would socialize mm-hmm. with coworkers and would socialize with Americans who worked on base. Now, fundamentally, I get that. You know, like, they're the people you spend your days with. They tend to be the easiest source of friendships. I get it. But what would happen is they'd become very insular. So they would go to, like, English pubs or they'd go to a day out and, and they'd take the American people with them. And so you have a very one color experience Mm -hmm. rather than like a variety of experiences, meeting new people, meeting like a variety of different culturally diverse people who don't all know exactly what you're talking about when you Mm -hmm. make a show reference or when you talk about an advert or when you talk about like a Wendy's milkshake with a fry. Like, yes, like that can be comforting. Mm-hmm. but you're you're very limited in terms of your experience. And so there are a lot of people who, to this day, live near me because we live not too far from a military base that has Americans on it, who do the exact same thing. And I'm going to use a term that maybe it's offensive, but I'll explain why I think it's justified and why I use it. It's pod people. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is... You come to a different country and you immediately go to an American base. Granted, that's where you're temporarily staying. I get it. They don't leave the base. So like they'll shop at the the American base exchange rather than going to a British grocery store. They live on the base or as close to the base as they can get rather than like moving out in town and like meeting British neighbors or like immersing themselves in the local culture. They will make like frozen ready meals from the American base exchange rather than like having a takeaway pizza because it's familiar to them. Mm -hmm. So it's like a very 
anti-immersive experience. Like yeah. you're you're just drowning in the culture you came from. And people do like crazy things. Like people will pay for like all they'll like put a VPN in so they can watch American Netflix. Like th- like it's it's like a hyper fixation on sameness. And what you what you'd sacrifice there is the experience of actually living in the country that you moved to. Mm-hmm. So back to you, Emma. But well, I think that implies this element of homesickness that maybe a lot of military members are feeling because their plan is not to reside permanently. I will say the civilians I've talked to in Italy that I'm moving, like that I'm going to be working with when I move there, they don't have that like insular attitude. Like my boss, he gets out a lot. My mom's best friend, she and her husband were stationed in Italy and they were very much so in the culture. So this is not, we're not trying to paint with a broad stroke here. Like we know that not everyone's like this, but I find that the military members do really, really tend to be like this. And it's different. Like they're still serving their country. It's a different it's a different situation for them. I get it, but yeah. And fair enough. Like you're making a choice to go here. One of the things that military service takes away from you is your choice of where you live. So like fair enough that you didn't choose this, but to make the most of it, just lean into it, just lean into it. Yeah. So I'm luckily not military anymore. And I can tell you that I never got to live anywhere as cool as Italy. I was stuck in Georgia for the entirety of my career and it sucked. But at the same time, I even embraced that culture, which was a lot of like country stuff that I would just normally not do, you know, like a lot of kayaking to the sand dunes, float trips, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And I did the same thing when I was living in Texas. Yeah. Like I loved two-stepping. I absolutely had a great time at country bars. I had a great time going to a rodeo. Like, would I go to a rodeo now? No. But hmm. the point is, like, you you take in your surroundings. You enjoy what there is and what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. And you explore where you are rather than just, like, clinging desperately to where you came from. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think we said this earlier. We talk about these things and people automatically assume that we're being like ego not egotistical but like um con- not conceited what's wrong like pompous like judgy. Yeah. yeah um and that we're either already living or intending to live soon in europe and that is for a lot of people even just traveling a huge culture shock and i know that there's going to be elements of culture shock for me because it's just inherent you can't help it i've traveled to europe so i have an idea of the culture so i'm not you know, brand new to it, but you cannot assume you're going to just meld in and fold in completely naturally, no matter how much you want to, there are going to be things that you have to adjust to, whether that's for me, not having Uber Eats, which is devastating, but it is what it is, you know, or not having a store that holds brands that you're familiar with. And of course we said earlier, having a base nearby kind of eliminates that possibility, but yeah, I want to embrace the local cuisine. That's what I want. So, um, I will likely, I won't be shopping at the commissary. Um, and if there's like, there's fresh fruit and vegetable stands out there. So why would I get my produce in a store where they had to be shipped there versus freshly grown produce right here, you know, and I'm not afraid of maybe afraid is not the right word, but I think a lot of people have this like wariness of locals when they go to these kinds of places, like new places like this and get stationed there or work there or whatever, 
Um, and had that language barrier is obviously a, a scary thing for a lot of people, but at the same time, you know, how cool would it be to like move abroad for like for the military a few years and come back fluent in another language. That's not an experience that you would get if you kept yourself in your bubble. Well, and that's basically how they taught us other languages was immersion. That's what mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. Yeah. So the way that you learn languages best, although Duolingo is great, is by actually being forced to speak it and understand what someone means. Mm -hmm. And then eventually your brain will pick up things and you'll be able to speak naturally rather than having to think of every single thing and translate it in your head. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a great example of this. And we've talked about it before. Every time that I have gone to Paris, I have had a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. I have loved every experience I've had. I have loved every experience I've had outside of Paris and France. Mm -hmm. I am in a minority in terms of Americans who love Paris or who love their experiences in France full stop. And the reason in my experience that that has been the case, and, and this includes Brits, not a lot mm -hmm. of Brits a lot of Brits don't enjoy going to France and it's because they don't speak French. Sure. So yes, there is a language barrier that can create difficulties for you. We live in the 21st century. Like we have privileges and access to technology that is unfathomable. I literally, when I was in Italy a couple of months ago, I was looking up phrases on Google translate and asking questions to my waiter. So no, like I, I'm not fluent in Italian. There is no part of me that would claim that, but I have access to technology and I used it to not only try to learn something about the language and the culture, but to make the experience easier for the hosts who were there. Mm -hmm. So every time I've gone to France, like I'm not fluent in French, I'm fluent in Spanish and that's it. I speak a little bit of French, but I'm not fluent. So every time I've gone, I've just tried to speak French and I've looked things up and I've like stumbled my way through, but people have been so kind and helpful and open. And I think if you go in basically with the same mindset that you're just closed off, you're like, this is what I'm going to get out of it. This is what I want. Like I'm going in, I'm speaking my language, like, mm, then yeah, you're going to have a different experience than someone who tries to assimilate and who tries to take on elements of that new culture. Mm -hmm. Like you just are. And like we said, that doesn't have to be, in our case, a different country. It can be, because Hannah and I both yeah. moved from relatively small towns to large ones. Like I, moving to New York, we've talked about my move to New York multiple times and you can find so many different kinds of culture across the States if that's what you're looking for. But regardless, you're going to need to assimilate. Yeah. And so let's give some examples of what that looks like. So for example, we're we're both from Ohio. We're from different parts of Ohio, but we're both from Ohio. So as a Midwestern state, we're accustomed to a couple of things. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a restaurant, people are going to greet you and you're expected to greet them back. Like a waiter's not just going to be like, hey, do you want a table? They're going to be like, hey, how are you doing? What's How's your day been? Like you're going to have to have a repartee with them. You're going to have mm -hmm. to have a conversation. Um, if you're passing people in the street, you're expected to greet them. Mm -hmm. That's something that would be rude of you not to greet them culturally. Um, you are in quote unquote middle America. So you're expected to like the things that you're expected to strive for are like very 1950s. Like you want a nice house, you want a nice car, you want a 
picket fence and a family and that's kind of what your your baseline goal is Mm -hmm. and so if you don't look like that if you don't if that's not your goal you're going to stand out Mm -hmm. compared to many peers that that is culturally what is normal you know you you go to college you get a degree maybe you work somewhere in the state you live and you get married or you live with someone long term and you do or don't have kids you get a dog you get an suv like typically in your hometown that's the plan or like maybe an hour away like wow you've you've but like the midwest is very family oriented Mm -hmm. it's very focused on like you will live near your family it is weird if you don't live near your family it's weird if you don't want to have a similar life to what your parents had it's not we don't mean weird in a bad way it's just that the average person that you meet it's not the expected norm right like if i go down the list of my peers from high school how many of them are still if not in troy at least still in ohio most of them exactly i think one other girl actually did live in new york as well and knowing her like I was like, oh yeah, that completely suits who you are. So, um, and I relate to that. We weren't friends, but I get it. It's fine. But we could have been. We could have been. So, so yeah, like moving to another state, for example, when we were in California, it was much less family oriented in terms of you have to have a family and like immediately like think about settling down. Mm-hmm. And it was much more oriented around having a large family and having like wider family gatherings versus like setting up your own small family that links mm-hmm. with other small family chains. Mm-hmm. And in New York, if you're settling down before 40, you're like, who are you? Weird. Like, is it 1930? Like, what are you doing? That's just not the norm. And it's, it's, it's like the antithesis of the Midwest, basically. It's yeah. like everything that is valued in the Midwest is like a board in states like New York or cities rather like New York city, because upstate you can find similar attitudes and expectations, but in New York city specifically, it's so different. And even I had moments where I was like, okay, like I'm not used to this, but I can adjust. And I, think I said good morning to like one person on the street once and they looked at me like I had three heads and I was like oh right 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 you don't do that here and even from Georgia to New York it was like a completely different world so it's um it's it's not just it doesn't have to be a big move to include assimilation it can be across the state line it can be across the country be across the world but regardless, you should want to, if you're making the effort to go somewhere else, you should want to at least make an effort into embracing the culture that you're going to find there. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, that looks a couple, that looks like a lot of different things, but one thing might be trying local foods. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will just like eat mainstream chain foods or like things they know, like try local food or local coffee. Um try local experiences so look up the like TripAdvisor your area you know Mm -hmm. like become a tourist in your own town i think is a pretty commonly said phrase um much like you have late bones um so many people say it many people say it so yeah like but become a tourist in your own area you know understand what are the things to see and then go see them start checking them off a list Mm -hmm. um 
you know, take part in cultural experiences. So whether that's, you know, for me in Texas, that was two-stepping, going to country mm -hmm. bars. Mm -hmm. um, piano bars, that's not something that we really had in Ohio. No. Um, that was kind of a first for me when I moved out of state. So going to so a piano fun, bar. Though. Yeah. It yeah. Fun. And if you're afraid of, you know, because it, it can be scary to move to a different area completely. If you're trying to do it incrementally and you just move somewhere that's close to home, but isn't home for you, you know, try to choose a place that's going to be different because it seems, it just seems to me so pointless to make a move to where you've been. Yeah. I, I understand why you might want to, but if you're craving change, that probably won't scratch that itch. Probably not. Um, so in terms of like bigger moves, so um, in case there are people who are thinking about moving to Europe or people who are in Europe, one of the things that was probably the most shocking to me was the differences in like supermarket offerings. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I have food allergies as I've bemoaned quite a lot on the podcast and they have very, very strict rules, not only about ingredients writ large across Europe, um, but also about food allergen labels. So they have to bold all ingredients that are allergens, mm -hmm. which in the States is not true. So if you got a packet of Triscuits in the States, you'd have to read every line of the ingredients list to see if there was anything you were allergic to. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, everything that you could be allergic to is in bold. Right. So um, essentially it just makes your life easier. But also um, – most of Europe has shorter supermarket hours. There's not like Walmarts where there's 24 hour supermarkets. They have some that are open, like some until like midnight, but they're few and far between. Uh, most close by like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. So that that's an adjustment. Um, another example would be um, in Italy, they have this kind of weird period between like, 4 and 7 p.m. where food just isn't served. Like people don't eat dinner at that time. People eat dinner from like 7 onwards. Restaurants so if you're going close after lunch until then. Yeah. So if, if you're going out for dinner, for example, if you are from the States, you're probably getting hungry around 5 or 6 because that, I mean, maybe that's a Midwestern thing, but I feel like that is a normal like dinner time, mm -hmm. quote unquote, maybe 7 at the latest. Um and if you're from a bigger city, like maybe you're used to late dinners, but if you're used to eating like mid-afternoon, then that is going to be a culture shock for you because you're not going to be able to find food. Um, so so thinking about things like that. Um, bus tickets in Italy, you have to buy them from basically like tobacco shops. Um, they don't have like a little stand or like somewhere that you can go on the bus and just pay for your ticket. Um, and you have to validate your ticket on the bus. So there's like a little stamp machine mm -hmm. that you swipe your ticket into to say like, this is when I got on the bus. And if you don't do that, even if you have a ticket from said shop, it's an invalid ticket. Hmm. So things like that, yeah. like can be surprising and frightening or, or scary if you're not used to dealing with it, if you're used to like living in your own environment and haven't really pressed that. I will say, I don't know about all parts of Italy, but I know in Venice, they have what look like men in suits who are actually like police who will, they do all over receipt, Italy, check your receipt yeah. to make sure that what you bought, you bought. So never, if just pro tip, even if you're just traveling, always keep your receipt and also check your change for slugs always make sure they're giving you euros back and they're correct amount of euros. Maybe a lira slipped in there. You can't use a lira. They don't use that. So check. 
So anyway, let's talk about just real quick, um, just some tips from our experiences of like how to prepare even before you get there for culture change and assimilation. So I, I watched a lot of videos to figure out what people were doing just to be sure that like I could repair or just like I've, I watched like walking tours of my neighborhood of where I was moving in New York, partly just to like, there's a part of you that doesn't really believe it's happening until it's happening. And so in order to kind of feel closer to it, I would like, let me see like what's around. And then I kind of understood my environment before I got there. Yeah. I mean, I basically did the same thing. You know, something that you can do right now is um, watch shows that are based in where you're moving to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a new country. But in my case, I, I listened to podcasts and like watched TV shows that were based in the UK. And mm-hmm. um, I I tried to I subscribed to like an extra channel that allowed me to see some British TV. Um, so I was watching what Brits were watching on TV. Um, I... Also, I I tried to look up things that are important to me. So like I was listening to podcasts from churches where I might go mm-hmm. in the area that I knew I'd be living before I went there because I knew that that would be important to me in the same way that um, I looked up coffee shops uh, near where I would be living to see mm-hmm. what the proximity would be and which one I might like the most. And I looked up things like cinemas and, and you know, um, where would I want to go on a day trip? Um, what's close to me? What things, what restaurants do I want to try first? Um, and just kind of building up like a real picture of where you're living in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it helps you not only feel less um, unprepared kind you know like less blindsided I guess and more connected to your to your place so like maybe you don't know anybody but you do know maybe what coffee shops have people that speak English or yeah um, you know things like that so that you can at least know you can go somewhere with confidence rather than stumbling blindly and hoping for the best because I'm not great with like spontaneity um unless it's violence so or yeah that's that's where our twin flames converge we're both great with spontaneous shopping i'm better with spontaneous like changes um and like travel arrangements and emma's better with spontaneous violence because i'm not good at that um so the other thing that i would be miss if i didn't tell you i would be miss it uh i think is really taking the time when you get there to enjoy where you've gotten because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get sucked into the minutia of everything, especially like, I know we're talking about this for like anybody who could be moving anywhere, but if this is a place that you've like dreamed about moving, right? You've put a lot of hope and energy into this move. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get your head down and get buried in what you're doing and to go like six months without even realizing how grateful you are for where you are. Mm -hmm. Like I used to drive to work and I would just be so happy looking at the motorway signs and you're like hannah are you a little touched like what why because they're english i would look at the the license plates and i would look at the motorway signs and i'm like i made it i made it where i wanted to go like mm-hmm. i am living what i was dreaming about praying for wishing for two years ago you know now many moons ago but the point being like i think it's about embracing where you are and also like practicing gratitude for that and and really allowing yourself to enjoy the win of making it because it's so like so much of life is like 
trying to get to the next thing, trying to get to the next thing, trying to get to the next thing. And you mm-hmm. have to celebrate the win of like, like Emma and I have done this several times since she got the news. Like sit for a second. You're actually moving to Europe. Mm-hmm. You don't have a return ticket. It's one way. Just the one. This is something that you have wanted for so long and it's happening. Like full stop. Yeah. And it's one of those things that we, we, in theory, you can be happy where you are. So the idea of chasing happiness should not be the message that we're sending to you. Yeah. We, we just had enough experience in Europe to know that's where I want to be. That's where yeah. I feel the most myself. Yep. And that's, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not happy with where you're at. Like, yeah, in theory, like I'm happy in New York. Do I want to live there forever? No. Do I think that happiness would diminish over time? Yes. Um, but, but was it a dream for you to go there? Yes. Did you yep. enjoy your time there? Also? Yes. And it's one of those things like you, I think maybe we make it sound easy. I don't know. I don't know if I've stressed enough how difficult it was to make these things happen and how arduous the process was and how disheartening it can be because you want something so bad and you're like well what if it's not meant for me what if it's like not the thing that I get and that doubt like clouds your um so I'm getting text on my computer so that um that doubt like clouds your ambition almost in a way like you almost want to quit before you start because you're like there's just no way it's gonna happen and you just have to keep putting yourself out there honestly and, and Emma can attest to this for an entire year before my job was finalized. So I hadn't even moved to the UK yet, but my job was just finalized for an entire year before that, before I could even start applying. Cause so I could only start applying like six months out. Mm-hmm. I was weeping at living in Texas. Like I was miserable. I was so upset. I wanted to move to England so badly that I physically cried several times, sometimes per week about like how badly I wanted this. Mm -hmm. And from that year, no tangible progress was made. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have a job. I didn't have a job offer. I had no way of going there. Like, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. like, it's so easy to just live in that and to be so discouraged and to like, just get sucked into the downward spiral of like, nothing's going to happen. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm dreaming too big. Exactly. Like you're saying, Emma, like this is never going to happen for me. This happens for other people, but you just can't have that mentality. You have to look at it. Like if it's meant for me, it won't miss me. And there is a way, whatever that way looks like, maybe, maybe I'm not seeing it yet, but there is a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it might not be like, um, it won't, it won't be the easy way. Let's just say like that. It's never going to be the easy thing to do. The easy thing to do is to hang back, take that job in that place that you you're from or you've been because as much as we wanted to move there, the reverse is also true that people wanted to come here and they made it happen. And Hannah and I are not the exceptions. We're not, we, we just, we're the rule. We're the rule. <laughs> and the rule is you get out what you put in. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not putting out, like, uh, I think I've said, I know I've said this before. I've probably submitted like 300 plus applications. Oh my and it gosh, was just so many. Every Same. day, every day, it was like at least 10 applications that I'm sending out. And I'm like, someone's going to bite. Someone's going to bite. And since I got this job offer, I've had people message me like, how did you do it? Like this is and that. And I was like, listen, consistency. You have to be consistent 
get on those sites that you know are going to have jobs that are less accessible to the general public. Like for us, it was clearance jobs. I don't know if you used it, but I did. I used it like every yeah, day. Yeah, I did. But are but are relevant to you, like whatever your skill set is. Yeah, whatever. Focus on jobs in that area. Yeah. Um, and eventually, eventually, if you qualify and hopefully you're not applying for jobs that you don't qualify for. And that is a lot of jobs sound fancy on paper and in real life, they're not like that, but never stop trying. And it sounds so trite. And I know it sounds like, Oh my God, you can do it. Like typical motivational speaker, but that's all that worked for me. And I had to like compartmentalize the rejections. I'd get the emails every day. Like we've decided to move in a different direction over and over and over. And that was sometimes for jobs I had just interviewed for the day before. And I just had to. How many, how many calls did we have where you were like full on breaking down? Like it's not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy to fall into that place of self-doubt because you're like this, when you want something so badly, it's like, it feels unreachable because it's like, surely I like, I don't know where this like like tendency for all of us to sort of fall into this. I don't deserve that boxes. I think that. Yeah. We, the imposter we just, syndrome. We, I, yeah. I had it like, even after I got the job, I was like, I'm freaked out. Like, what if I can't do it? Yeah. What if I get out there and yeah. I can't do it. And I just have to remind myself and being a person of faith helps me a lot in this regard. And if you're not like that, then hopefully you have something to fall back on to reassure your decisions. But for me, it was like, I don't believe that I would be given an opportunity that I was not prepared for or uh, like going to be good at like I don't believe I'd be set up for failure so exactly so all that to say because we've been we're sort of we're kind of sort of off topic but whatever all that to say make an effort wherever it is you go to embrace what's around you and your experience will be better and don't just like when you're traveling so this let's let's take it away from moving when you're traveling don't just stick to the five best sites on TripAdvisor. Like, yes, start there, but walk in between your destinations or mm-hmm. take a local train or um, walk into a local restaurant near one of the tourist sites that doesn't appear on like, uh, we're on TripAdvisor or we have Yelp reviews. Like, go somewhere off the beaten path because yeah. that that's the reason that I dragged Emma all those long miles around London. It it was not for my mental health. I'll tell you, it, it was it was beautiful, but it was because we were able to experience parts of London that you wouldn't see unless you had been there, like as a local person. You wouldn't you wouldn't just stumble into some of the places we went. Like it's not on a list or like a massive tour or like a hop on hop off bus tour. And those are great. There's nothing wrong with those. But take time to also do the things that are not like everybody's Instagram photo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if all you saw of Nashville was Broadway, you've wasted a trip. Like, like there's so much photo more. That everybody takes. Yeah. There's so much more to a place than the like top five destinations and like, great. See them. Like, it's not like I moved to the UK and I didn't see Pucking and Palace. I did, but I didn't just like, okay, I'm done. We saw Chipotle, Piccadilly. We're done. We did it. I saw it. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, like, it's so easy to do the amount of places that Hannah and I, because she's the only person that I've traveled extensively with and abroad with, and probably that's the way it's always going to be. Um, <laughs> the best places that we found were places that we just stumbled upon because we were just walking. We were like, you know what? I'm thirsty. You're thirsty. Like, let's look around what's around us. And we would go in and 
we, like the coffee place in Copenhagen we went to every day. It was oh. like so good, oh, but we God. found it because we're walking around like we need to find like a coffee place and boom, because there it was. I don't do mornings without coffee. And there was and a Starbucks right across the street. We could have gone to the Starbucks. <clears> Instead, <throat> we walked across the street and we were like, let's find a cafe. And we found yeah. one and it had like the best coffee. We went there every single morning and it was so good. Yeah. So moral of the story, and that's, Hannah. That's our, that's our kind of travel strategy. And that's what I would say, even if you're moving, n- sprinkle stuff in. So have some landmarks, have some things that you know are going to go well, have some yeah. easy wins that you want to see, things that you know you're drawn to, that you want the experience of seeing. Sure. But sprinkle that between like just walking around and stumbling into places or just going with a local recommendation, you know, asking people, hey, um, I'm looking for a really good slice of pizza or I'm looking for a really good um, ice cream. I'm looking, whatever you're looking for. Uh, can you recommend one? And if people are like, no, absolutely not get out then go to another store. But you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot that you can learn and there's a lot that you can gain from just having an open mind rather than being like, I have two exact things and then I'm done with this cultural experience. They're also coming in already assuming that what you have is better than what you could experience yeah. because granted, like I never, my first visit to England, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could move here, but I went and I was a different place mentally. I was, I went and I was still in the military and I was still like brainwashed by the patriotism <laughs> and it's embarrassing, but, um, you get there and you think like, oh my God, yeah, that's so cool. But like, you know, and you find yourself almost defending where you came from and yeah, you don't have to justify liking where you're from or liking where you are. You can just like it and they're different and that's okay as well. But to go you can in also with- dislike it. Sure. Both fine. But, but like to go in with that attitude of like, I might like what I see, but it's never going to be as great. You've already kind of shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. And yeah, I think- it's mostly inherently an American thing. I've mm-hmm. seen it in a couple of other countries, but the need to like defend where you're coming from instead of just appreciating where you are, it's very high. And I don't know where exactly it comes from, but like, it's exactly like Emma said, like you can like a different cultural experience without diminishing the place where you came from for having a different cultural expression. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. It's like no it's one really okay. No one there is asking you at the end of the day, like, so which is better? Like, no one's doing where that. would you live if you had to blow one up? Like, no one asked that <laughs> right now. Nobody, like, I maybe I, I didn't. Maybe you're asking yourself that, which is kind of weird. Like, ask different questions, ask your favorite color. I don't know, figure it out. <laughs> What's but, your favorite color? <laughs> but anyway, um, I think we've said mostly all we can say about that. I really um, think we have. And once I'm actually there, we'll do other, I'll do a quick tea of like, Hey, if you want to visit, here are the things that I really liked. Here's the things that you should do. And that's speaking as someone who is trying to be as local as possible. Yeah. And we're, we're happy to do travel episodes as, and when we travel, obviously, um, I am broke, which is I'm broke, but I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm like an expensive broke, like broke. Um, but as and when we travel, we will obviously update you guys on where we're going and what we're mm-hmm. doing, and we'll mm-hmm. give you travel guides, uh, much like the Copenzode. But I think most importantly, if you learn nothing else from this podcast, it's that 
we are people who were taught to believe one very specific thing about where we should end up and and the kind of life that we should live and the kind of experiences that we should have based on the culture that we were formed in and we did the exact opposite and we're absolutely reaping the benefits so don't you be afraid to push that boundary you can do it you can you can like i said you can do it we're not the exception we just decided we decided to be the rule yeah so here we are much like okay. Gigi. Gigi, or the rule. You know what, Gigi? You are, and that's okay. You got the guy still. Congrats. Although it's Justin Long, so ew. Did you want him? Who could say? But it's fine. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to mostly our coherent conversation. Largely sometimes. There. So we'll catch you next time on a quick tea, probably. It's coming. Who can say? I'm honestly, I know that we have a lot of time between episodes right now, and that's just because I have zero time to breathe. And it's just moving, moving, moving. So trust and, and believe. Most importantly, our time difference is about to go way the heck down. Freedom. So scheduling, chef's kiss. So I will say that we will do our best to do an episode, at least a quick tea, while Hannah's with me in Italy. But it's like we have not decided on the ske- the schedule yet. So it really, on the schedule. it really just depends. So, but we'll check in. We love you guys so much. Love you guys. Mean it. I am Hannah. And I'm Emma. Oh, that's the tea.